Is this where we have a fight about Jaws? Oh my god. <laughs> Hello, Hellions, and welcome back to Who the Hell's This For? New to the pod? Find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, or iTunes by searching Who the Hell Is This For? and subscribe to get us downloaded directly to your phone every week. If you want to keep up with what we're doing in between episodes, you can find us at WTHITFPod on Twitter. Want us to review a movie you like? Leave a review on iTunes and send a screenshot, and we'll review one movie of your choice. But we've taken long enough here. Let's get started. <laughs> Episode 10! Episode something or other. Approximation 8.5. We're going to average it out. Episode 8.5, in which we talked about the winner of uh, winner of this poll was Wes Craven's Scream from 1996. <laughs> Can't wait to talk about this movie. Coming, commandeered the podcast. <laughs> Russian meddling. Didn't agree with the results. I picked Scream instead. We should do an episode where none of us have seen the movie. And we just do it based <laughs> off of... Just off the poster. I, I almost did not watch this movie. But, because... Uh, Two and a half hours is long. So we are not talking about Scream. We are talking about Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. The, the Coobs. The Coobs. Stan Coobs. <laughs> See, I fucking thought so. But you didn't call Cage Match an episode. Oh. Well, that was a supplemental. Episode 8.5. We're sticking with it. Next one will be 9. We'll we'll come out the gate fresh. We are back the one from that Austin. reviewed all the trailers. That was episode Mother. 3. Jump Street, Trailer Trash, National Treasure 2, Paddle Oh, I have The Shining on there. That's why. <laughs> yeah. All right. So The Shining, directed by Stanley Kubrick, yeah. written by Stanley Kubrick and Diane, not Sawyer, Keaton Johnson. Diane oh. Johnson. Diane Sawyer, Keaton Johnson. Diane Sawyer, Keaton Johnson. <laughs> she was number one. <laughs> The Shining has a uh, 86% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 93%. And we're going to get into how we feel about that here in a little bit. But first, who's going to do this plot summary? I guess I will. Let me look it up, though, because I don't know how to really put it into words. Ah, no, fuck it. I'll go for it. Yeah! Renowned Lakers fan Jack Nicholson (laughs) (laughs) decides to stay at a hotel one winter. And takes his family with him. And they have to stay there for five months at the Overlook Hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Colorado. With, and within one week, things go horribly wrong. Everyone, it was longer than a week. No, it wasn't. It says one month later. Does it? One yeah. Oh, yeah. it goes one month and then like a week, <laughs> I guess. All right, well. Either Did you way, watch this movie? <laughs> either way, it does not take long for things to go bad. <laughs> So the dad kind of like loses his mind, Jack Nicholson, and tries to kill his wife and son. Meanwhile, there's spooky scenes, some good practical effects, and a very snowy ending. Oh, so snowy. (laughs) I mean, that that sounds pretty accurate to me. We kind of skipped over it. Before we jump into what we liked about this movie and what it did well, do we want to talk a little bit about what else we've been watching over the last couple of weeks? Yes. I finally <laughs> because I know Riley. <laughs> I finally, since I didn't go party like you guys. <laughs> By the plus, way, ACL was a blast. Let's see here. <laughs> I watched Halloween 1, 2, 3, and 4, Damn. plus the new one. Damn. Venom, Annihilation, Friday the 13th. Ooh, I love Annihilation. The Mist, 
The Thing, Predator, Terminator, and The Blair Witch Project. That wow. such a solid list. Yeah. Riley would not be topped this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what favorite out of those that you brought Ooh. to the table? Oh, that's tough. Let me look and then the I kind of want, without spoilers, I also want to talk about something else briefly. Well, I mean, a personal favorite is probably Predator. But this was also my first time watching Halloween 3, mm-hmm. and I fell in love with it. So yeah. I'm going to go with Halloween 3. Halloween the 3 is... That's I, the non-canical one, right? Yeah, the one completely unrelated to Michael Myers. Right. And Halloween 3 is one of my favorite horror movies from the 80s, and horror movies in general. The guys over at Nightmare Junkhead just recently did a live commentary track for it, and it's fucking hilarious. It Um, is. If you haven't seen Halloween 3, like if you're a big fan of horror, Michael Myers, the rest of the Halloween series, Carpenter, but you've kind of put off Halloween 3 because you know it isn't really related to anything else, definitely watch it. It's... More than you expect. Just, yeah, just enjoy it for what it is. So. Yeah. <clears throat> it goes off the rails in the best ways possible. <laughs> what about you, Jeff? What you what you been watching? Um, I have not watched a ton since we potted last. I did see Nightmare Before Christmas for the first time. There I had go. never actually seen, seen that. Up. Damn. I thought it was okay. <laughs> um, I fell asleep during part of it, but I was also watching it at night, so that's probably my fault. Um, oh, I rewatched. Okay, nice. I rewatched Step Brothers um, on the plane ride down to Austin, and then I watched. I, I haven't actually seen the last ten minutes, but I kind of feel like I know where it's going to go. I watched Good Time um, oh, with Robert Pattinson, where he's uh, from the Bronx, or he's like a that. junkie, right? Uh, kind of. So good, I couldn't quite tell from the trailer. Good Time. No, he's a vampire. Um, <laughs> was well, it's him and his brother, and his brother is um, developmentally disabled. And so it has a hard time processing stuff and stuff like that. They rob a bank. It goes awry. His brother gets captured and goes to jail. And so it's about him trying to get his brother out of jail and all the stuff he has to do to do it because Mm. his brother gets sent to Rikers and since he can't communicate, then he's going to get in fights and get hurt and he's really worried about his brother. So it's uh, all about the whole... It is wild. I mean, it is Kubrick-esque and it's um, (laughs) like shots and color and spacing and pace and stuff like that so it's okay. i mean it's definitely really good it's not a feel-good movie but it's really yeah good. so did you have a good time watching it <laughs> uh is it fun to watch no but is it really good yeah it is all right i have a fun time but i did have a good time <laughs> not here for a long time you're gonna watch good time <laughs> So since we last recorded, actually right after the episode, uh, producer Catherine and I watched Cabin in the Woods. Nice. Um, And I love Cabin in the Woods and was hoping to get some input from her. But then she looked at my movie list yesterday and she said, we watched that one. (laughs) So (laughs) clearly did not make a lasting impression. Uh, We broadcast. We the (laughs) broadcast shortened. Catherine and I also went to go see First Man while we were down in Austin. First Man is really, really good. Uh, it makes me question how I ever wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. Because <laughs> that shit is terrifying when you really think about it. The Faculty, which is wonderful oh, 90s yeah. camp. I, I love, love that it. one. Um, was well, it I... 90s or early 2000s? I can't. It was 90s. The CGI was really bad. 
And Elijah Wood was a little baby in it. Elijah, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's probably, I think it was nineties, probably nineties. Because wasn't um, early aughts Little of the Rings? Yeah, and so he then, was way younger. He than, was too young. Yeah. yeah, was he like deep impact age? Oh yeah, so that, yeah, nineties. Yeah. Well, he was like high school there. Yeah, that whole that's probably nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, watched Apostle, uh, which is a new horror movie by uh, Gareth Evans or Edwards. I can't remember. It's Edwards, right? Yeah. Anyway, the guy who did the raid, um, it's awesome. It really goes off the rails. It's a very slow burn until it isn't. The last 40 minutes really ramp up, and it's. I had a lot of fun watching it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd say fun. It was a good movie, but so you afterwards. Had a good time. Yeah, exactly. Time. Yeah. Afterwards, I was like, ugh, I need to go to bed. <laughs> um. Then finally watched the finally I saw it opening night with Riley, but saw the new Halloween. Very oh, very so much about fun. it. Yeah. Then last night we did the uh, Nightmare Junkhead Nerdoween triple feature. Oh, how's um, that? Really fun. I enjoyed it. Catherine did not because uh, <laughs> you weren't about the sleaze. The theme this year was sci-fi sleaze, and so we watched Terror Vision from Beyond and Extro. Which, as a genius from Nightmare Junkhead will say, gets real ooey-gooey and really goes off the rails. There are a lot of squiddly diddlies. <laughs> I don't That's understand any of what you just said. <laughs> well, you need to listen to more Nightmare Junkhead. It's awful. <laughs> we got five times worth each movie. <laughs> but before we get into it, I did want to touch, because uh, I briefly mentioned it, the new Halloween uh, without going into any spoilers, I want to kind of touch my thoughts on it uh, and get Riley's opinion on it. I had a really good time with it. I think there were some choices that they made that weren't super great, but also aren't going to take me out of it on a rewatch. But there were there was a lot that was really, really fun. A lot of good homages to the very first Halloween mm-hmm. and the series as a whole. There are a, There's a Season of the Witch uh, homage in there. And then a few to the rest of the series as well. Uh, the kills. There were are a great. lot. I think there was a lot to two. Yeah. Well, the whole tracking shot. Uh-huh. Um, that was t- that was an homage to two, which if you've seen it, you kind of know what we're talking about. The kills were great. The score was incredible. Uh-huh. I was just happy to hear a John Carpenter score for the first time in a new movie in the theater. That like, I I never expected to get to do that. Which is so just cool. yeah, like the opening credits were just great. Mm-hmm. I um, I really liked the opening credits. But yeah, I thought it was good. I think you know we talked about this after the movie. They had almost too much comedy in it, but not not enough that it makes it bad. Mm-hmm. It's just there's it, too much comedy and too much in general. I think because they. It moves at a breakneck pace through yeah. the second half of the movie, which kind of takes out that um, the tension building that you get in that very first Halloween, where something happens and then you're just looking for Michael in the background. They did do a lot of that, but instead of it being like, kill, then b- let the tension build and breathe again, and then another kill, it would be like, tension, three or four kills in a row. Yeah, that's uh, the tree... Drops acorns right oh. on my windows. <laughs> but it lets it it jumps right into like three or four kills or like 
mm-hmm. points of action at a time, which I think made the tension a little less effective than it would have been in like the first movie. But but then they do kind of recover at the climax of the movie because they amp up the tension to yes. like a thousand. The the tension for the climax, the big showdown scene. We don't have to tell you who it's between. Uh, the tension. Freddy Krueger. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> And Leatherface. And Barack Obama. And Barack Obama. No, that's that episode of The Flesh. Oh, yeah. Where Grodd the Gorilla comes to kill Barack Obama. <laughs> that's a real episode Is of The Flesh, really? by the way. And then he says, make make America Grodd again. Oh, my goodness. Why? I don't know. Did Barry run fast enough? <laughs> uh, if Obama survived, then Barry did run fast enough. Oh, thank goodness. Get it? Barry. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Zing. What did The Shining do well? <clears throat> Cinematography. Yeah. Uh, score. I really liked the music in it. The um, score was good. I really liked the, uh, specifically about the score, the really, like, it really, like, long, drawn-out uh, chords or notes mm-hmm. that I thought went really well with the mood of the movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things you guys had? Um, kind of to piggyback on the score, it made me think of The Witch a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of droning screech yeah. uh, when when things really go off uh, towards the end of the movie in the second half. Um, the, the tracking shots, you mentioned the cinematography, but I loved the tracking shots uh, like behind Danny's big wheel yeah. Yeah. Uh, when Wendy is running through the hotel. When he is chopping the axe at the door and yes. they track the axe. That's so good. That's a really I love cool shot. that one. Uh, little fun fact. So I actually happened to be on Reddit today. And this was just a total coincidence on uh, our movie details. Popped up that scene and said, for the scene in which Jack breaks down the bathroom door, the props department built a door that could be easily broken. However, Jack Nicholson had worked once as a volunteer firefighter and tore it apart far too easily. So the props department then was forced to build a stronger door. <laughs> Solid. Our guy Jack putting out fires. Uh, him and Steve Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> Volunteer firefighters. I think, I mean, it's hard to say what this movie did well without talking about Jack Nicholson. I mean, I yeah, think that's, this that is, was my next yeah, point. He's, it's, it's already iconic. If you know anything about this movie, you probably know either Jack's lines or scenes with him in it. Mm-hmm. So you know the axe scene with, mm-hmm. with Shelley Duvall like, yeah. freaking out behind. Right, that's... You know him saying, here's Johnny. You know him doing all, all work and no play makes Jack uh-huh. a dull boy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, There's so many iconic like looks or movements or whatever yeah. from Jack Nicholson in this movie. And I liked it because it's like... I thought he was creepy and foreboding, and I think this was right after One Foot of the Cuckoo's Nest, which mm. is also another... It's mm. Kubrick, right? I mean, not also Kubrick, I think. I think so. Um, and that's another movie that's just, like, really well shot, but it's perfectly placed for Jack Nicholson to be in this universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did read a note that Stephen King, who wrote the book... Oh, he hates book, this movie. He hates yeah. this movie. He specifically hated the fact that they casted Jack Nicholson for this mm-hmm. because he was worried that he was too crazy too early on. And so the book is supposed to be like this slow descent into madness. See that, and because yeah. it's Jack Nicholson, you're like, he's going to be crazy because of who that actor is. <laughs> he, he already kind of starts off a little unhinged. At least that was my takeaway from it. Like, um, there's something off about him from the very beginning. Right. 
Well, you, just even in the interview, you can tell that he's a little yeah. off-center. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but his performance as a whole, I agree, that's, he, that is the absolute highlight of the movie. It is, I, I think it might be the best performance he's given. Um, I really, really like what he does with, uh, with the material that he's given. Like, the scene when he is talking to Lloyd uh, in the gold room is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. When he's, like, finally going back off the wagon. Yeah. Uh, another thing I had that I liked about it um, is, for a horror movie, there weren't really too many, like... This was before, kind of before jump scares, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And they really do a good job of mixing, like, the super high tension... And just overall creepiness to generate the horror. Um, I mean, there's some... But just not knowing like what's happening with his mind and his <coughs> descent into madness. Mm-hmm. Well, and for this movie only having... I mean, basically three main characters. Mm-hmm. You can say that um, the Hall- Halloran guy is a main character too, but mm-hmm. not as heavy as... For only having three main characters... It does a good job of like making you making you care about all three. I have some serious beefs about Shelley Duvall. Oh my talk god! About it oh my god! What didn't work well? We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. Yeah. But um, I mean, the the kid was really good. Um, so, like for a kid, like I thought, did an awesome job in this movie. Children actors are not always like easy to find, especially ones that have to like concentrate for that long. Yeah, it's like he's staring in the same place, or like and do a solid character voice for. Tony. Yeah, yeah, I did like the voice for Tony. Yeah, this movie basically goes like one Jack Nicholson to the kid, and then like below to everybody, Tony, three the kid. <laughs> yeah, below everybody is Shelley Duvall's character. Uh, the his voice for Tony actually kind of sounds like the voice that Loomis uses in the first Halloween. Get your ass away from there, Lonnie. <laughs> Does he just grow up to be Loomis? Absolutely. Yeah, he just. <laughs> Yeah, like when he's talking to Shelley Duvall in the bed, and he's, it's just Tony now. <laughs> he just becomes Loomis from then on. Did you know that kid... I shot him six times! I shot him six times! Did you know that kid's only in one other movie after this? He, really? was, in a, he was in a TV movie, and then after that, he didn't ever act again. I feel... I Jack Nicholson scarred him. <laughs> well, okay, so not to keep dropping facts that we can find on Google within the first two clicks, but um, I did find out that the kid didn't know he was filming a horror That's movie right. until he watched it when he was like 16. So Stanley Kubrick told him it was a drama movie and kept him away from any of the scary scenes uh-huh. or anything. And so I'm sure he went into it. Like, you when you're six. You gotta think about now I, really, I was gonna say, now I really want to go back and watch it. Like, just his performance and scenes he's in and like... I, it would be hard. I mean, The foaming at the mouth. <laughs> yeah, man, this isn't scary. This is yeah. just... I think if you're These like two a twins kid, standing in the hallway just staring at you. If you're a kid, you probably have no concept of what a drama versus yeah, a horror. But like, I think you know there's a, a good there's a bunch of adults lying to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So lying to children was... is the best way to get things done. That's accurate. Yeah. I'll stand by that. Is that our pull quote? We're, we're, yeah. we're, <laughs> that's something we're pro. Yeah. We are pro-lying to children. No. How not, else are you going to do Christmas? I'm not signing on for lying to children. Okay, so you're going to tell your kid Santa's real, right? I don't know. I haven't or decided. Santa's not real. I haven't but, decided. God. I have family members who go full-blown and, like, 
like Christmas is this big deal and they mm-hmm. lie about everything and Santa is super real. And there's other kids in my family who like when they were five, like I told Santa is not a real thing. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I don't know where to, I'm on. To, uh, to quote the new Halloween, uh, you don't believe in the boogeyman. <laughs> <laughs> You're the new Santa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Do we have anything else we liked about this movie? Well, I think I mean, we hit cinematography score and Jack Nicholson, and I feel like that's 80% of the movie. Yeah. I like that. Um, I, I like movies where you don't totally know what's happening the whole time. And this felt like even more like a regular horror movie, even more than a regular horror movie, where you're like, I don't know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. I roughly like know what's happening currently. Right. And like, in like the I know what's happening as it's being presented to me. Correct. Yeah. But as but, soon as he starts to, like, spiral down and he starts seeing stuff, that's when you're really like, I'm not sure I do understand what's happening yeah, in this movie. Yeah, I, I found myself walk, thinking that, like, okay, I need to pay attention, but I know that I need to stop and think about what I'm seeing. Right. This is a movie that I think would be really difficult for me to tell you what I thought about it if I saw it in theaters, because mm-hmm. I would not be able to pause it. Like, there were some yeah. times during this movie that I, like, pause it, and I was like, all right, what's going on? Like, what are my notes? What am I thinking about? <laughs> it's a little bit like Mother. How do Mother. I feel about this exact well, it's moment? A, it's a little bit like Mother, where, mm-hmm. like, the second time I watched it, I was able to kind of, like, stop and pause and think about stuff if I needed to. Or, like, in the theater, I was like, I'm totally being, like, yeah, you definitely, away. you definitely have to, like, decompress from this movie. <clears throat> right. In a, kind of in a way you do with uh, Mandy. Yeah. And I think we watched... To- I think we watched Bob Burgers like immediately after watching The Shining because we just need a palate cleanser. I really thought about watching the South Park Shining <laughs> episode after this one. That was a nice chaser. That would have been a good good idea. I had no chaser and I was just mad the rest of the rest of the time afterwards. Whole drive to the pumpkin patch, I was just mad. <laughs> I don't want to see these damn pumpkins. <laughs> Too pissed off. Fucking Shelly Duvall. Ugh. Yeah, so... So things we didn't like, Shelley Duvall. Things we didn't Shelley like. Shelley Duvall is just... The performance is bad. It's so she's bad. Just, yeah, she's just... I'm not the gonna... first half of this movie, I'm going to get... Like, I'm going to get some hate for a lot of my opinions from people who are big-time horror fans. Uh, I fucking hate the first half of this movie. It's bad. Up, it's... up until he goes to the gold room, the movie is it's, not it's just... good. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, is that where he first meets Lloyd? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that's kind of his first. Well, the uh, the attempts to build tension aren't great because it's paced terribly mm-hmm. and it's real slow. And then they try and intercut like Danny's visions of just murder. And it's yeah, just that like, part did made like no sense. Yeah, and it's like no like. Give me, give me Jack Nicholson like having a full on existential breakdown in this bar. Give me scenes like that, and mm-hmm. that'll like that'll build tension. That'll creep me out. Just random shots of like murder in the hallway is that does nothing for me. Keep go- like yeah. So by, by keep going like can't say the words right for this, but them going back to the blood pouring out of the elevator so many mm-hmm. times, it's like. Okay, we get it. Yeah, we... Elevator elevator has a real high blood pressure. We got it. It's a Tarantino elevator. Ruth Elevator Ginsburg. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, okay, so this is my, and I think, again, we'll probably get some, some hate for this, but this is my, the, what you were talking about, where the first part of this movie is paced so slow before it gets into mm-hmm. the serious part of it, is one of the reasons why I respect Kubrick and I respect mm-hmm. what he did for the film world and everything that came after him, mm-hmm. but I think I'm such a product of the things that have come after him that I can't truly appreciate mm-hmm the movie for what it is because it's so much worse than everything that came after it. Well, so, I, like, the pacing and, like, the tension and the atmosphere and the music and the screenshots and stuff like that, that's all peak, awesome, mm-hmm. wonderful Kubrick. Mm-hmm. But pacing has always been a thing that, yes. that Kubrick does, and it's, it's on purpose, I'm sure, but, like, he always does do very slow, deliberate pacing, and it's just not, it's not enjoyable. Like, you only get it in comparison to what comes later. But while you're watching it, you're yeah, just like... right. Well, it, it could be, you know, how we talked about on our last episode about, you know, Wes Anderson has things that some people are going to watch it because they like that he does that. And That's some true. people are not going to watch it because they hate why he does that. And that could be with Kubrick and his yeah. pacing. Well, and it's, I mean, it's also... When was... Did you already say when this was made? Uh, 1980. 1980. Yeah. So, like, this movie is... Almost twenty years, or almost forty years old now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, 38. yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, almost forty. <laughs> well, I was gonna say exact number. Fuck you. <laughs> I appreciate your uh, attention to accuracy there, Ty. Uh, no, I mean, but it's just it, movies have changed in forty years, mm-hmm. and what's good, what's bad. I'm fight you on that. Okay, go ahead. Because Jaws, which came out before The Shining, is one of the most impressively paced movies of all time. Is this where we have a fight about Jaws? Oh my god. <laughs> where is I tell it... you that I think Jaws is slow. Uh, yep, so we're, we're having a fight. Yeah. Now. I don't think that... I don't oh agree with the pacing god. of Jaws is good. No, Jaws is perfectly paced. We need to have a Jaws episode now. <laughs> like an emergency Jaws episode. <laughs> this is now become the Jaws episode. <laughs> Starting well, over, what do you like about Jaws? Jaws <laughs> Alright, Tyler, synopsis of Jaws. So, I mean, I think I really like that um, the way they introduced Matt Hooper into Amity Island. <laughs> like, um, and like just the contrast between him, Quint, and Brody. <laughs> I love you. Please don't, <laughs> please don't deviate this podcast into Jaws. I'm just going to walk Yeah, we don't on. need another two-hour podcast. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, but, I mean, The listeners have spoken. They don't want to. Halloween came podcast. out two years before this. Mm-hmm. And, again, I'm biased. I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. I do fan. love Halloween. The pacing in that, again very much in building tension and release as we talked about when we were talking about how the new one kind of failed to do that <laughs> as effectively and it's, the shining is the same way the shining is the first half is almost all building with no release and then the release happens the re, when the release happens it does all start to go off the rails and really ramp up mm-hmm. but i don't think it happens quick enough for a good payoff for the hour of tension building you got. Yeah. Um, a really good example of a modern movie that does this is Mandy. Um, Mandy's first, like, hour, if not, like, hour 15. Well, the first two-thirds. I mean, the yeah. two chapter, two to three chapters are... It's all tension building and um, developing the relationship between Nick Cage's character Red and Mandy. And why... I'm not going to spoil that. But why the payoff is so good. Um, and you just, the characters are so unlikable. The relationship is not developed 
that makes you in, in the shining. In the shining, yeah. the The relationship between Jack and Wendy and Danny is not developed well enough because, like, I no, found not, myself not, not a, yeah, not a whole family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get I don't you get care mom about and Danny, Wendy at all. You get Wendy and Danny, and you get uh, Jack and Danny, mm-hmm. but you never get the three of them together. Yeah, that could be because Jack hates them. But. Yeah, but and what and that's kind of a thing oh, I took issue mm-hmm. with is like. Personally, like, I kind of found myself like, I get it, Jack. I feel you. <laughs> uh, like, Shoji Ball sucks. <laughs> I, mean, I get it. Just the, the acting by anybody that wasn't Jack Nicholson. Well, okay. Yeah, Lloyd was great. But, um, but Shelly Duvall, and the kid gets a pass because he's a kid. And I disagree with what you were saying earlier about the kid being good for being a child actor. I mean, he's garbage. But, um... I don't know another... What is that six-year-old supposed to do besides what he did? Go watch Pet Cemetery. There's a three-year-old who has more effective acting than this kid. And I will show you a clip after this that the child acting in Pet Cemetery is incredible. And it's by, like, I haven't, a I haven't seen it, so I can't compare it. But I don't... Like, okay, so what's the kid supposed to do in this movie? The kid is supposed to be a conduit for Tony. Yeah. Right? He's supposed to be scared, right? Yeah. yeah. He looks, Basically fear his dad. He yeah. looks scared. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to stare off into the distance for long periods shines. of time. Yeah. yeah. And he's supposed to be able to focus. He's a six-year-old. For, yeah. For, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, I get is he it. Is he a good actor? Maybe not. Is he really good but for I, a yeah, six-year-old? But I don't think the yeah. world demanded a lot from him. He's really... Just, he's, it's 1980 and he's six years old. He probably did... I just... Best it could, I could be hated expected. the close-up, open mouth, like wide-eyed shots of him. Ah, that's <laughs> like, probably, but don't you like that's directing? They definitely and, told and, yeah, him to no, do and that. So, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Like Jack Nicholson is the only one who was able to turn in a good performance with the directing he got. Like, so okay, so hold, let's let's dive into that. I'm okay. not gonna let you bash Hallerhand. So, <laughs> is the so you're saying that? Any the good acting in this movie is despite direction from Kubrick, and the bad acting I is think, where they gave into what Kubrick was telling them. Well, so here's here's what I think. Like Nicholson was the only one talented enough to either do what was asked, because um, that could be part of it that nobody else was able to do what Kubrick asked, kind or of. Jack Nicholson was the only one to excel. Was good enough to with, not be hurt. By yeah, exactly. Because, um, I mean, you, the famous story of, like, Kubrick making Shelley Duvall do the scene on the stairs, like, 500 times until she mentally broke to get what he wanted out oh, of shit. her. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I enjoy it. <laughs> it's just, ah. Uh, I like this movie. <laughs> There's so much that could be good with this movie because, like I said, Jack Nicholson gives the absolute performance of a lifetime. Yeah, and no one else does. Yeah, and like the scene where he's chasing her, mentioning that that scene with the bat, where he's chasing her and she's mm-hmm. just wildly swinging. He's like, "Stop swinging the bat! Stop swinging at me!" And Part of me is thinking that's just Jack Nicholson telling Shelley Duvall to fucking be better at acting. Just... <laughs> well, because her swing, first swing of the bat is like, 
the most lackadaisical. She's swinging. tired. She's been swinging for five hundred takes. I yeah. didn't know that. I feel <laughs> bad. I feel bad. Okay, so is Shelley Duvall bad in this movie? Absolutely. But if he made her do five hundred takes, I know that's the one scene. Yeah, I'm not surprised she's bad in this movie. Yeah, she's just tired. There's a there's a part in this movie that I cannot get over. That's so bad with Shelley Duvall, and it's where. They're both in the maze, and she's still in the hotel trying to find him. And she's just doing yes! spaghetti. Oh my god! Of, she's of, it running. <laughs> yeah. If we can find a clip of of that or a gif of it or something like that, please post it on the Twitter because it is the most yeah, ridiculous yeah, it's reaction. When she's on the uh, on like the second floor, I think, mm-hmm. and she sees the furry. <laughs> Yeah, and she runs the other direction with her arms waving in the it's air. Just, and she's got the knife, and she had she does not know if she has a knife in her hand yeah. when she's running. Either either the character doesn't, or she, the actress, doesn't, because it is like she is not worried about possibly stabbing herself in the head with the knife. Yeah. Well, then you have then you have her talking to the park ranger, which is just terrible dialogue. Well, okay, and so that's another point too. So, like I we talked about. Is are the people in this movie bad because Kubrick told mm-hmm. them to do something and they did it and it was bad, or were they not able to succeed when Kubrick told them? The dialogue by itself is definitely like, like written in, like they are mm-hmm. performing the dialogue. Whether or not the the acting of it right. is bad, the dialogue. Well, is I thought bad. the acting in that was bad. Well, it's both. Yeah, like yeah. I think the dialogue itself is just so so wooden, and then they also like there's no. Like what Jack Nicholson and they the put, yeah the they kid. put they basically put all their eggs in the Jack Nicholson basket yeah yeah well something that Jack Nicholson does is something that that actors do in modern movies too which is they talk like they actually talk in real life mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they use basic speech like patterns <laughs> sure <laughs> award winning actor Gary Busey but they they throw in some like ums or they like pause but it's not in weird spots because it's just how they talk and you felt like, Jeff like Goldblum. Yes, they're a perfect yeah. example. Yeah, he acts exactly like he talks in real life, and so it's believable. Jeff Bridges as well. Yes, is a good one. They're believable in how they act because they're not—they're not acting too mm-hmm. much. They're using a real part of themselves, which Jack Nicholson does, which is also very scary because that means <laughs> he's got some serious darkness inside him. He to is tap a terrifying into. person. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, after this, I'm really surprised. Like, he did a great job, but I am really surprised that he didn't get typecast in horror movies. After mm-hmm. one film with Cuckoo's Nest well, in this I, movie. I see how he went into the Joker after yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this role probably did a lot to get him, like... Is it canon? Is he just <laughs> unfreeze and become the Joker? <laughs> <laughs> he got the scars because his face split from the cold. Yeah. Just chap li- super chap lips. <laughs> and then um, he's so cold, so his skin's white. He's already white. Okay, well, you know, I see blue. <laughs> Michael Keaton dropped him into a vat while he was frozen. Right. Guys, can we can we do the Michael Keaton Batman soon? Oh, if people vote for it. Yeah, that's true. We could do we, need, a... we really need people to just do reviews, so <laughs> Yeah. Do reviews and I'm gonna tell you what movie to request from us. <laughs> Don't do scream. Whatever Tyler says. Uh, Don't ever do scream. Don't ever do Jaws. Don't ever do the Michael Keaton Batman. No, we're <laughs> at some point. We're gonna do Jaws. It might be our Fourth of July episode. It'll be our it'll be our series finale because the, <laughs> the podcast will break up. Yeah, we've got a lot of faith that we're gonna last on July. <laughs> the, the two that could end the podcast are Jaws and Ready Player One. Both. I don't, I don't think I would leave over Ready Player One. I don't like it. No, I might. Be, oh, you might. <laughs> it's your mic. I guess you can leave if you want to. <laughs> 
Um, what else did this movie not do well? Well, then I just had like I, feel like I had I like some mine. So those were all, you know, very like thematical type things. Yeah, and I just had some like nitpicky things. So the first one is that they say they go up into the mountain, like way up into these mountains in October, right? Mm-hmm. Not a sign of fall on their drive <laughs> up there. Everything uh, is green. Where is the foliage? <laughs> there's, no, there's, I mean, you're way up high, like they said. So there's no traces of snow. There's, and if that's fine, if it has first snow hasn't hit, fine. But then there should definitely be some oranges, some yellows, <laughs> something. <laughs> I almost stopped the movie there. I I will say, if we're going to nitpick that, I also have to. We have to mention that with Halloween. <laughs> yeah, which was. Shot in Pasadena in the springtime. <laughs> Basically, or something along those lines. Uh, where there is a fresh spring rain that happens between two cuts of one scene. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, no, I feel you on that. And then another one was just how useless the park rangers were. I think if they knew that there was a family of three <laughs> with one kid and they weren't answering the radio... I think that they would send someone up there to check on them. Yeah. Instead of just calling them on the radio and being like, well, we tried them. They yeah. didn't answer, so. But is it accurate to the time of what safety meant in 1980? Because there's a bunch of other things in this movie yeah, that happened. That's true. <laughs> that you're just like, I don't I don't believe this movie could be made today. So I got a couple of those. Yeah, uh, yeah. let's talk about that. Like, how this movie about... would not work. Oh, yeah, boy. Well, let's talk, I want to talk about just the safety ones, then we'll dive into the okay. rest of it. Okay, so, um, first of all, they leave their child with strangers all the time. <laughs> that child is six years old. They just met the cook. They're like, hey, you want to hang out with the cook? Sure, we're just going to leave you here. They do that Well, he did bait him telepathically with ice cream. (laughs) That's true. There's another time where they just leave the kid in the games room. The kid just had an episode right before he moved. They just leave him in the game room with darts. Uh, What if Tony decides to throw darts at himself? (laughs) Um, They also... This movie gets a thousand times better if that happens. (laughs) And then Danny is just on the loose with the darts. (laughs) Davey? Like on Maybe. same same track same tracking shots on the bike, yeah. but he's just got darts in one hand. <laughs> this just becomes Child's Play, the sequel. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So then the, the final thing that I've got for safety is so after she accuses Jack of the strangling, and then after she comes and finds him in the gold room, and she's like, "There's a woman in the hotel that strangled our child," and I decided to leave our child to come find you. <laughs> Oh my god! How I didn't did I bring the child. That? I didn't bring a bat. I didn't bring anything. That that is that's my. I think from there, like I didn't. I didn't like Shelley Duvall's character. But from there, I'm just like I can't do it. Okay, I don't. So I can't do it. You mentioning that brings up another point that she comes out and says somebody strangled our son, and she's like, I think you did it. Okay. Well, so he's like, okay. Well, to prove that, I'm going to go up to that room and prove that I didn't do it. Well. So he comes back, he's like, yeah, there was no one there. So your idea of the lady can't be right. Yeah. And then, but she, like, totally then throws out the idea that it was him. Yeah. 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 I don't understand. She, okay, so here's the other thing about that, too. So she she is convinced that Jack did it well, for good reason. Uh-huh. He's a terrible dude, and he was a drinker, and he did it before. Then, he, then she comes in, and 
She's not like, first of all, she just believes the kid. Like, for sure, that it's the woman that strangled him. And she's not like, no, you're a child. I don't a zombie woman. <laughs> also, it's 1980. They don't believe children in 1980. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, for sure. That, no. That's like what the plot of most 1980s movies hinges on. Yeah. It's not believing the children. Yeah, the children see the monster. The adults don't believe them. The adults get killed. The kids live on. They make a sequel 40 years later. Uh, and then it just repeats. <laughs> <coughs> we want to talk about a movie that pulls no punches with kids. Let's talk about Halloween 3. <laughs> oh, man. So what were some other stuff that if you made this movie today that it wouldn't work? Uh, well, there's, there's, no, there's, there's pretty much no, in the room. There's pretty much... Well, <laughs> well let's well, not... Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have an imaginary butler yeah. telling you to kill any black people that show up. That Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Um, I don't think cabin fever over a five-month span would really be a thing anymore between Netflix, Wi-Fi, <laughs> Jeep Wranglers. Let me, ask, let me ask you this. Let's say, Real comfortable jeans. <laughs> let's say you're up in the mountains okay. and you're taking care of a hotel and there's nobody there. And then your Wi-Fi and your phone go out, and you can't get back into town because it's it's summarily impassable. I believe Captain Viewer get way worse. Okay, you'd go sure. crazy in a week. You're starting to murder people with axes within the week. But also, they but, definitely have skis up there. Yeah. You can ski. Yeah, then I'll just Wes Anderson ski down the mountain. <laughs> boom. <laughs> just a sled with a tracking <laughs> shot. Yeah, so this was basically just Stanley Kubrick's Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just with a darker spin on things. Yeah. Um, it's a sequel because it was made later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, technically. <laughs> so we've, we've kind of belabored the point at this point. What was your uh, standout scene? Uh, mine was the... Uh... Oh, I thought that was a ghost. <laughs> uh, my standout scene was uh, when she... The Colorado room. When she finds all the papers, the all work, no play mm, next Jack. Yeah. His, Jack's monologue there as he's like... Very good. Walking and chasing her up the stairs is awesome. I think the scene, like, all the way up into the point where he gets a severe concussion. <laughs> which, now you can argue that, is this all in his head because of he fell asleep during a concussion? <laughs> so, I was watching... But anyway... And then got put in a freezer? <laughs> yeah. No, just the pantry. Okay. But, yeah. yeah, that would be my standout scene was his monologue there because it's you just get the best of his acting. And apparently you get a totally broken Shelley Duvall. Oh, yeah. So that makes it even more convincing. My, uh, so Sarah and I were watching this movie, and mm -hmm. uh, her theory at the, at, until we got to the end of the movie is like, is this going to be a story that he's writing in the book? Like, it's going to shut, mm -hmm. like an old Star Trek episode <laughs> where it's just like, they were dreaming the, the whole end. time. <laughs> the slow close, and Jack Nicholson just leans back in his chair. And he's Bilbo Baggins. Finished. <laughs> Finished. <laughs> Like, I don't know, Jack. Why'd you decide to put so much bad stuff in that book? <laughs> Do you need to see somebody, Jack? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. In the so, story in which you murder your or attempt to murder your wife and child. Yeah, I mean, any any author's spouses out there, if your spouse writes a book about murdering you, like, just go ahead and feel free to leave. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just like even even if just for a little bit, go ahead and get some space. Yeah, you know. See, sister. Don't lock yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I, I think it's hard hard for me to pick a scene. I think that 
Um, because all the scenes where Jack Nicholson does such a good job are t- scenes where I hate his character. Like, not because he does anything bad or anything like mm-hmm. that, but just, like, him espousing his views. His mm-hmm. monologues always betray him to be such this evil person. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the evil that, like, it's not like the Joker and Batman where you, like, root for him. Like, you're like, I sincerely hope Shelley Duvall stabs him with a knife before this is over type of thing. No, I just want Shelley Duvall to be gone. Just out of there. <laughs> I don't like her character, but I don't want her to be killed <laughs> by Jack Oh, like, I mean, no, not Shelley Duvall. I wanted Wendy Torrance to just be out of there. Wendy Torrance. I'm going to go get help. And that's the last we ever see her. Unexplained. <laughs> I was I was sure, and again, I, I thought I had seen this movie before, but I think I'd really only seen the major scenes, and mm-hmm. I like kind of knew the plot, but I hadn't really seen it before this. And so I had no idea how it ended. Um, I knew there was a maze... I had seen the scene where he was frozen, but I thought he was just really chilly. I didn't know if he was dead or not. Um, so I think my favorite scene is is after he gets the concussion, where he's going through the hotel like with the limp with the mm-hmm. yeah, that's really good. Because to me, that's such like a that it's like the monster stalking the halls mm-hmm. in every horror movie. Like, but it's such a he turns into such a monster post. Getting hit in the head right. type of thing. Mm-hmm. So I really like that turn. Um, I like that a lot. My standout scene is the scene in the gold room when we first meet Lloyd. And his monologue just talking about just everything and how pissed off he is. And like him falling off the wagon again and how happy he is about that. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything with that scene. That, that shows that something here is not right. And it does it in so much of a better way than any of Danny's visions of the twins, of the blood in the elevator. That, to me, is, like, even beyond him chasing them with an axe, the creepiest scene in this movie is him sitting and talking to Lloyd. Because that's what really puts you just off kilter and makes you uneasy. It makes you finally realize, oh, there's something really, really going on here. Mm -hmm. And something is not right. Uh, So I think... That's definitely going to be my standout scene. All good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But yeah, I agree with Jeff. Like, It's hard to pick such a best scene because Jack Nicholson has so many good moments of just dialogue Yeah, that it's hard to pick one. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you just hate Jack Torrance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate Jack Torrance, for sure. Uh, letdown scene. Um, Mine was... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. This. Halloran's uh, journey from Miami to Colorado <laughs> was horribly unnecessarily long. That's my scene too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. I'm... I yeah. It just made no sense to have it in there, and it could have been a five second thing. The movies. Well, the movies two and a half hours long. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah. The movie could have been two fifteen. No problem. Yeah. Like <laughs> Halloran's adventures to Colorado, <laughs> and like. Him calling, I get that he has to call his friend to get that snow cap, but just like, he should have just been like, hey, do you have an extra snow cap for me? He's like, <laughs> it's like, why do you want to go up there? Don't you know it's dangerous? He's like, I have to do the right thing. Like, don't do that exactly. Yeah, and we don't need that's him. terrible. Yeah, we, don't need, <laughs> we don't need him like rolling down the highway <laughs> on bad roads. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, semi turned on its side. Uh oh, it's going to be bad. <laughs> Semi go into the water. <laughs> Cab come out of the water. Ice cream man, he take the rest. 
What was uh my my letdown scene <laughs> was after this pun has so much inside baseball, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> There's like three people listening to the pod who get any of the references that you're making today. And it's the three people <laughs> in doing, the room doing the podcast. <laughs> it's a good thing we all listen to it after we put it out. <laughs> my my letdown scene. This is my favorite podcast. <laughs> You should all know Jeff has said that in 100% seriousness <laughs> outside of the podcast as well. <laughs> My letdown scene is after Shelly Duvall puts him in the pantry and she's just a noodle arming her way through the hotel. Just <laughs> Okay. You can be done anytime. Wow, look at those sound waves. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I might just have to cut all that. Anyway, yeah, maybe. That, I mean, that's what that scene is like, though. That's her just... just uh, yeah. Just Broken, unnecessary. disjointed noodle arm screaming we through all the fucking the Overlook Hotel. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree with you, though. I, I think what then scenes are with Shelly, absolutely, for sure. But yeah, well, so there you go. It's pretty much standout scenes, Jack Nicholson. Letdown scenes, everything else. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who do we have for our Domhnall Gleeson Award? I have no idea. I have two. Okay. I wanted more Halloran. Yeah. Just because he seemed like a good guy. You know, he was a good guy. They gave you plenty of Halloran. I was going to say... Well, he's... I mean, I would have liked him to maybe... I don't know. I think he'd die right away. Yeah, maybe a little more dialogue. (laughs) Because I think he did a really good job at the beginning of explaining to the audience what was going on with Danny. Mm -hmm. I think him doing something similar at the end to explain what's going on with Jack would have been really helpful. Um, and then my other Gleason was Mechanic Larry, the guy he calls, <laughs> because that is Tony Burton, the trainer from Rocky. Oh, shit. He is Apollo Creed's trainer. Oh, wow. And Rocky's trainer in Rocky Four. Oh, man. Oh, wow, I missed that. Um, okay. I don't know who to do for this, because there's only three main characters right. in the movie. So, I'm going to say what I feel is missing from the movie is, and I get, again, it's Kubrick, and so I know Kubrick doesn't explain stuff, and he doesn't have to, but, like, I really felt like Danny's gift ended up not meaning anything. was just super yeah. underutilized. Right. Yeah. So, like, he, he can tell they're going to get murdered, and he yells Red Room, and that's basically it. And so, like, you kind of wonder if, um... You kind of wonder if like his gift is going to come into play or be important at the uh-huh. end, and it really doesn't. He just yeah. he just runs away. But they named the movie the after it. That's what I'm saying, though. It's like exactly like uh, the uh, shining is not. Just that's what makes me. it frustrating. I'm just done. <laughs> yeah. So what what was Dunhall Gleason Award goes to Danny, but just so that we could do the shining would be important. Donald Gleason Award goes to the shining. <laughs> yes, exactly. I did want more shining. It's supposed to be a supernatural movie. But it ends up being less of, like, sixth sense, like, his power is important, and more just a misdirection. And it's just a movie, it's a vehicle for Jack Nicholson to go crazy. Mm-hmm. And it does that very well. Mm-hmm. But is anybody else in the movie really important? No. They're just there for Jack Nicholson to go crazy about. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess I better say one. Uh, Lloyd. Uh, just because that would have given us more of that monologue from Jack Nicholson. Um, you give more, you give me more Lloyd, and more of him to play off of Jack Nicholson doing his 
uh, like off the wagon monologue. Mm-hmm. Love it. That would be so so good. Mm-hmm. It would have been interesting to have Lloyd pop up in other areas of yeah. the hotel talking to him because then you could see it as uh, Jack. You know, that's Jack's inner monologue. Yeah. Really. I I really would have liked that. Yeah. Yeah. So recast, recast wheel. wheel. Yes, the recast wheel. So, as a reminder for what the recast wheel is, which I will do every week because I forget about it, and so I have to bring it up. And this is the <laughs> so time that we I'm have to fill the space to go in. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> um, so wheel wheel cast is where we go through and recast this movie with different people. So just as a reminder, your categories are um, it's always sunny. Um, we have Parks and Rec, we have NBA players, we have rappers, we have people from the Seinfeld universe, um, and then am I missing anything, guys? Dealer's Choice, and then Recast within the movie, right? Oh, the different movie. Yeah, right, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so we've got Dealer's Choice and then Recast. Um, so we are going to go ahead and spin the wheel. <clears throat> We'll get the volume up so you guys can hear it. Spin that wheel! Recast. So you have to pick another movie. Wait, Uh, hold on. (laughs) We've gotten this for the last two episodes. Okay, you want to do it again? (laughs) We're going to respin it. We got Parks. Parks and Rec. Oh, all right. (laughs) <laughs> oh man somebody else can go first alright um, I'm gonna have Chris Traeger as Jack Torrance <laughs> yep <laughs> with Andy Dwyer as Danny Torrance <laughs> and Ethel Beavers <laughs> as Wendy Torrance I think I say Ethel Beavers as the lady in the bathroom oh yes Ethel Beavers as lady in the bathroom I prefer that and oh Oh, Shauna Malway Tweep. Yes. As Wendy Torrance. I would actually watch that. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I'm I'm just imagining like Chris Pratt rolling in the hallway on a big wheel, but it's not like sized up for him. And just like <laughs> and, like falling yeah, over. Tipping over like rolling down the stairs. Ah, oh, ah! <laughs> I'm okay. I'm expecting Chris Trager to come and say I'm literally Johnny. Like, <laughs> so you are telling me that literally he has to go to the hospital. <laughs> you are literally distracting me from my work. <laughs> my body is my <laughs> And then, like, Sean Amalway Tweep would just be great because she. <laughs> I, um, I can't describe why she just really fits that role for me. I think I do. I I can't think of a better spot. For Jack and Chris Traeger, I think that's set in stone. I would do uh, Tom Haverford as Danny, <laughs> because getting ah! getting those face, getting the shocked faces from Aziz would be hilarious. Um, man, yeah, as Wendy, I I think I'd just skip that one and not cast her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do like that. Just not cast <laughs> Wendy just not in the movie. <laughs> Uh, okay. Oh, I'd also make uh, Nick Offerman, Ron Swanson as Lloyd. Yeah, I yeah, could see he's that. The bartender, yeah. I um, think for sure. Jerry is Halloran. 
has this big long arc to just get axed right away. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just perfect. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> just takes a fucking axe to the chest. Um, yeah, okay, so I think uh, I'm going to have jean Raphael as Danny. Oh, uh, man. Go on the big wheel and just be like, I'm seeing girls! <laughs> <laughs> no, John Raphael would try and hit on the girls. Yeah. Assuming they're the same age. Hey, what's I'm not... Yeah. What, what's up, beautiful? <laughs> you beautiful. want to ride, ride on this big wheel? Come back with me? I got an elevator full of blood over here. <laughs> um, okay, I've had a really hard time picking anybody but Chris Traeger. Um, I think it would be... John really... Raphael as Jack Torrance. <laughs> oh my god. So, I haven't um, I haven't seen the movie that... I haven't seen Krampus, but I, um, from what I understand, Adam Scott actually does do horror pretty well. He's really good in horror. Um, Fun so, fact, also had a bit part in one of the Hellraiser sequels. I didn't know <laughs> And that. he wears a powdered wig. <laughs> interesting. His name is Jack. <laughs> uh, I think it'd be interesting to see him as as Jack, or Mother Peck as uh, Henry Winkler. Oh, yeah. John Raphael's dad. Because <laughs> then there's the father son dynamic. <laughs> um, so, then I think... Uh, I'm trying to figure out who would be a good... Wendy. The hard thing about Wendy well, is... Sebastian. That, sure. Wendy's character is... I would like her so much more then. It's written so poorly, and she does this poor job with it, and so it's not a strong character. So I don't feel like you can put any of the Parks and Recs women in there because they're uh, yeah. all too strong. Right. Well, yeah. there's you could put another Parks and Rec character that was not well-written that they had no idea what to do with. Ann Perkins. No, Ann Perkins is the Jim Halpert. Yeah. That's who she is. Which I don't think they needed. That's, that's <laughs> a whole other discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, I don't know, maybe like <laughs> Sue from Sue Salads? Oh, Henry yeah. Because then it's totally forgettable and then it's just yep. the Henry and John Raphael show. There you go. That or uh, Marcia Langman. Would be also really good. Or uh, you could do what's her name? Make what's Roy her name? From I'm gonna make Roy Herbert Lloyd. Roy, Roy <laughs> Herbert is the bartender. This all you want me to do? Just talk about the past. <laughs> That's my recast. It's so good. Uh, ratings. I said an eight because I'm. I look past Shelley Duvall. And I, I don't know. I enjoy the movie. Okay. I like Jack Nicholson a lot. And I don't know. I didn't hate as much as you guys did. Yeah, I'm giving it a four. Four out of ten. I imagine I'm going to get some opinions on that. <laughs> I think some people are going to be mad online. But it's... <laughs> I mean, I still... I, I, eight's still under the Rotten Tomatoes and audience score. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I just... Yeah, I realized I don't like this movie. It's well made. But some of the performances are dog shit. Um, and Jack Nicholson is really kind of the only saving grace of this movie. Yeah. I think it's imbalanced. I think mm-hmm. the, the movie's imbalanced. And so it feels weird because he's pouring it on so much. And again, nothing against Jack's performance because of what it's needed, right? Yeah. This movie would not be iconic without him in it. Right. Like, if you just put a regular actor mm-hmm. doing regular mm-hmm. stuff, you don't get any of the same feeling. This you movie maybe would be a... 100% forgotten. Without Jack Nicholson. You may get a slower descent into madness, but then then Shelley Duvall's acting really doesn't make any sense because then it's super overacting yeah. because it's just like... She's just exasperated constantly. You're just, yeah. There's no way... There, her performance doesn't go up and down. It's just like she's either frightened or she's wide-eyed. Also, does she have a southern accent throughout the whole movie? I'm not sure. They're from Vermont. 
<laughs> They're from Vermont. They just came South from Vermont. Vermont so, yeah. <laughs> Unless she was from Alabama to Vermont, her accent makes no sense. Um, it's my, the cigarettes. Probably. <laughs> I, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. I think it would be a 5, but because it spawns so much stuff after it. And I really think like it's hard because it's, it's maybe 40 years old. And so you have to view it through a lens of like, what was it good for its time? Yeah, absolutely. Does it impact stuff going forward? Yeah. But did I have fun watching it? Not really. It was fine. I'm glad I saw it. I'm yeah. glad I've seen it all the way through now. But I it won't yeah. revisit it anytime oh, soon. Oh, definitely not. I I will actively avoid watching this movie, honestly, if I have to. Yeah. Uh who's this movie for? Okay. What are so what are my, a couple other movies? So my movies recommend? I did uh two thousand one. Okay. Uh, Misery. Okay. And mm. Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. <laughs> well, you did say the Chinese kind of hotel Grand movies. Huh? So. Yeah, I had to tie those back together. <laughs> okay, that's if fair. we can if we can say The Shining for Grand Budapest, we can say. All right. Yeah, that's Grand fair. Budapest for The Shining. <laughs> um, I mean, it, yeah, I think if you, it's like Wes Anderson, or if you like Kubrick, there's a lot of Hallmark Kubrick right. stuff mm-hmm. in this, so you're gonna like. 2001, you're going to like, uh, what's some other Kubrick stuff? I, I've never actually seen Eyes Wide Shut, but it's like Clockwork. Clockwork. Yeah, you'd probably like Clockwork. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Would you like Clockwork Anyone Orange? likes Clockwork Orange. Like, it's hard to say what other movie that person likes. Yeah. Hostile. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would say that this movie, if, if you like... I'm not going to say classic horror, because then Ty could probably take me to task on classic yeah. horror. <laughs> but I think that if you're watching, if you're looking for movies that are quote-unquote classics that have spurned stuff on, mm-hmm. like if you're looking for where did all these hallmarks come influential from? Influential movies? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, if you're into influential movies. So let's say that right now you love Citizen Kane. Okay, Now that's unfair because Citizen Kane actually is a really good movie. But if you're watching something because you want to see what it influenced, then you would maybe fall in that line. Casablanca, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What would be a... Is there a horror comp for this movie, Ty? Um, so I have a couple... I Yeah, so I guess, thinking about it, all my suggestions are horror movies. Uh, but I, I kind of went... Yeah. I, <laughs> I went the route... If you like watching people... If you like that descent into madness and watching people lose their minds uh the blair witch project mm-hmm. is gonna be one of those for sure and then black mountainside uh which is a was an indie movie it's on amazon prime so if you have prime uh go on to amazon video you can stream that for free it's incredible um the director's follow-up uh called hammer of the gods is coming out here pretty shortly uh but it's about a group of archaeologists or anthropologists, uh, both, I think, up in the mountains, and they unearth something like some ancient relics that aren't supposed to be there. Like, it's like an altar-looking thing. Mm-hmm. And they all slowly kind of lose their minds, and it's up up away in the mountains. Very, very good. I, It's super effective, the way they do it. And then my last movie I'm going to recommend, if you want a really good, creepy Stephen King adaptation, I'm going to recommend you watch uh, the original Pet Cemetery. Because uh, as I hinted at before, amazing child acting. 
Uh, really, just really fucking creepy, and it's a great adaptation of King's work, even though it also, like most of his, uh, most movies that adapt his books, definitely cuts out some story, but mm-hmm. it's one of those that I think does it in a fairly effective way. I've got uh, a comp, which is a weird comp, because I think it's a really good movie, but since you talked about something you saw this week, you saw Annihilation, mm-hmm. right? And Annihilation, for me, was a really good Descent into Madness yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, if you're looking for good scoring, yeah. um, uh, definitely not what you would maybe expect that movie to be. Um, I went in thinking something totally different, and then got Annihilation, and I wasn't like displeased because I thought it was really good but it's a very different mm-hmm. movie than what you think you're going to see that movie uh, broke friend of the pod chance when I went to go <laughs> see that with him he was very upset with me for like the next three days he didn't like it no okay oh he did not like oh. what that movie did to him <laughs> I really enjoyed the movie. oh yeah. Annihilation I thought it was good. Annihilation what are we going to do for our next episode we have our isn't our Halloween? Yeah, we're going to be doing our Halloween list from producer Catherine. And I have zero memory of what it is. (laughs) It's not specifically horror. No, this is just Halloween. These are going to be fun Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, producer Catherine put this list together so you can count on there being no horror in it. Uh, Go ahead. Halloween Town, The Little Vampire. Haunted Mansion and Twitch. And Beetlejuice, too. yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> On oh, Scream! Yeah! On <laughs> Scream! What I like about this poll is I don't view any of those as being overpowered over the others. Yeah. We were a little worried that Shining would just dunk on the and last one, and it, it kind of did, did, yeah. yeah. Well, there was another one that started to catch up, though. Was it uh, Blair Witch? Blair Witch was yeah. catching up as well. Okay. So, I would have much rather talked about Blair Witch. Say that, we'll say that, so we have, say that again. Halloween Town. Halloween Town, The Little Vampire, Haunted Mansion. Haunted Mansion. What was the last one? Twitches 2. Twitches I have not two. seen any of those. What's what's Twitches 2? Uh it is the sequel. Okay, what's two. Twitches? It's TNT. Oh, Mary. yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, I'm with you now. Yeah. Wait, okay. can you say it cuz I don't know it. It's Sister TNT, Sister with Magic. TNT, Mary, yeah. M- Mary, Mori, whatever. It's them two and they're twins, but they're long lost twins. You if you haven't seen them. So it's a twin movie and a witch movie? Yeah, yes. twin witches. Twitches. Ooh. Yeah. Are any of these available for streaming or are we going to have to buy one? Please tell me the tagline on that movie is Twitches 2, Twins. <laughs> I think you already know they're twins in the beginning, in the first one. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> it's been a while since I brushed up on my t- Twitches. Oh, wait, can we just do what we think the tagline is? Because I've got one. Way too spooky. Oh, man. <laughs> Two witches. Way two too curious. similar. <laughs> Way too. It's about twins who have had enough of each other. <laughs> Do I need to say twitches one to understand twitches? <laughs> so that's yeah. that is the question I raised. And I'm yes, gonna, I'm gonna, but I put I'm gonna pr- two because this first one spends way too much time. Doing all their long lost sister shit. Oh, okay. So the second one, you get real they're, into the. They're back part. with a vengeance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's that's actually. I think valid. I still think Halloween Town's going to win by I, landslide. Yeah. yeah. Halloween Town is so going to knock it out. Did of I just part. have a weird childhood that I've never even heard of any of these movies? Yes. Yeah. Haunted Mansion was. You never that heard was, of Twitches or the, Halloween Town? No. Are these oh, Haunted Mansion? Are, they, are any of these Disney right? Channel movies? Halloween yeah. Town is. Okay. So that's, Halloween Town and Twitch is there. So I didn't have cable until I went to college. Little Vampire? Haunted Mansion? I don't know. Jonathan Lipnicki? 
Am I supposed Kinda. to know that name? Yeah, Simon familiar. Birch. Is that the kid that played Simon Birch? Well, anyway, yeah, Haunted Mansion's like Eddie Murphy. That one's uh, not bad. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right, so those are going Maybe. to be our options. For I legit never even heard of any of them. Not that I haven't <laughs> seen them, I've just legit never heard them. Yeah. It's going to be quite an episode for Jeff, yeah. regardless <laughs> of the result. <laughs> Experience. Jeff is going to have an awakening on air in our next episode. His <laughs> favorite fair, genre becomes family-friendly <laughs> Halloween movies. To be fair, I don't remember watching a lot of Halloween-themed movies yeah. growing up. Like, not that my family was like, oh, Halloween, but like, it was very like, we were not going to be witches for Halloween. Like, yeah, that was not twitches. That was a thing. No, yeah. we were not allowed to be twitches either. You were allowed to read Harry Potter. Huh? You weren't allowed to read yeah, Harry dude, Potter. What are you, about? About? you told me you weren't. You rebel. We are, I read, read the anyway. books immediately after you for pretty much all of them. What yeah, and we about? had to be like sneaky about it. Did we really? Yeah. I do not remember that. <laughs> My dad read all of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. You know you know those times when I went over to Tyler's house? I was reading Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you guys. This has been episode eight. We figured that out. Of who the hell is this for? The Last Jedi. <laughs> God, I can't wait till we do a Last Jedi pod. Then we're going to really have some people mad online. I don't care. Uh, I do want to thank uh, thank a couple of different podcasts for shout-outs. Uh, recently, we got shout-outs by A to Z Horror and The Unlucky Ones. Um, both are really, really solid podcasts. A to Z Horror is actually a big reason of why I decide to just get a couple of my friends together and start talking about movies with a microphone. Uh, so... If you guys haven't, you definitely need to go and check out both A to Z Horror and The Unlucky Ones. Uh, Have a good week, everybody.